Watch out for the filibuster. Ladies and gentlemen, are you kidding me? The night of is already over? It's already about to be Labor Day weekend? Some people would say the summer's unofficially over? Well, let's talk about it. Probably my most uh, makeshift uh, opening of all time, Dan Reddle. How are you, sir? Good, man. I am, as the kids like to say in abbreviated speech, uh, S-N-M-H. Can't believe it's over either. S-N-M-H, indeed. And well done on the yeah. abbreviation. Uh, hashtag, that was totes awesome. Um, I had to ask one of my younger cousins what that meant. What S-M-H mean? But, yeah, shaking my head, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I actually, the first time I saw it, I, I definitely had made up some cool acronyms. By the way, filibusterfreestyle.com is where you can find us. This is the Filibuster Freestyle. If you have any fun abbreviations for S-M-H that doesn't mean shaking my head, you can send them to me on Twitter, at Gavin Viano. A little plug right there for you, Dan. And here's, <laughs> yeah. another, here's another plug. Uh, this is the final installment of our HBO, The Night of Hot Take Show, The Taxi Cab Fiasco, episode eight. It was about almost two hours long last night. Uh, off the bat, how do you feel uh, having spent the summer watching this show? Uh, are, you, are you sad it's over? Or like last year, True Detective, were you glad it's over? No, I'm definitely sad it's over. It was way better, I think, than True Detective season two. Um, as we talked in the pre-show, you know, there, there are some loose ends, I think, that, uh, that could have been tied sure. up. Definitely, you know, I, I think as any, any murder mystery and any sort of show about wrapping, uh, you know, not wrapping it up, but show about discussing it and possible things, you know, there are definitely some things that were red herrings put out there that didn't really seem to end up playing a big role, uh, as it turned out. So, um... But yeah, overall, I was very satisfied. You know, I think that we saw a couple things come to fruition that we had uh, talked about and pontificated on. Correct. Um, and yeah, I think it was a very, very solid series. Definitely much, much better than True Detective Season 2. And I think to that end, I think that they left enough mm-hmm. open-ended mm-hmm. that if they get True Detective Season 3 in the can and decide that it's kind of a dud, they might have some leeway to maybe make a season two of this, because I think there's enough left yep. unsaid, as we'll discuss later in the pod, you know, we, uh, well, I we, totally we'll, agree, I digress, no, but I, digress. I, I totally, I totally agree, in that, and, and here's the thing, and this is an interesting point, and our buddy Brian Burton ma- ma- mentioned this when he talked about director Steve Zalian, um, they gave Zalian, like, Almost two years, or, or like definitely almost a year and a half to edit this thing, which is, quote-unquote, what he needed. And I forget who the creator of True Detective Season 1 was, but when HBO was like, dude, we need another one next summer. This was a smash hit. We need another one in Summer 15. He was like, that's not going to be enough time for me to make it like the hotness. And you know, he was right. And so here's an interesting thought. And to your point, we'll get to it. But if they left enough open for the night of to continue, and if... We know that the true detective guy feels like he needs a summer plus to get it right. And if Steve Zalian had a summer plus, per se, to get it right, maybe it could be an every other year thing for a while for HBO. That's a hot take right there. Sure. All right, well, listen up. We'll do what we do, which is to go through it. But I do want to say, um, besides buckle up, season finale, did you happen to catch, and if you didn't, you were either fast-forwarding or under a rock, this new series called Westworld with Anthony Hopkins, amongst others? Yeah, it seems to be a bit of like an interdimensional time travel type thing. Very uh, very steamy 
uh, preview there in the beginning. Yeah, very, <laughs> so yeah. I was like, queued it up. I noticed that you got McPoyle from uh, the guy who plays McPoyle from um, uh, Always Sunny's fame is in there. Um, oh. you, you definitely have a couple of HBO regulars in there, and then of course you got the great Sir Anthony Hopkins. Let's see when this thing comes out, dude. That might have to be our, our jam to get us through till uh, the Wine Wall and Dragon starts up next. Uh, yeah, next, to next the triumph and return. So we'll talk about that. But anyway, um, and I also want to give props to the actor who's been playing Nazir the whole time, Nazir Khan, Riz Ahmed. We haven't mentioned you by name yet on this show. I think we'd be remiss to not say thanks for taking us on that journey through Rikers Island, brother. <laughs> yeah, man. Really, you showed us what being a, a what what the crash course is and getting acclimated to prison life you what, on the fast I track. Mean, he went from episode three getting his bed burned, episode four, you know, <laughs> getting juice yeah. stuck, you know, like a uh, cup of noodles formula and like hot water and baby oil stuck baby in his oil. face. Yep. And uh, by episode eight, he was trying to recruit other dudes, and he was a straight up G. Yeah. So good for him. Total power broker in there. All right, so let's get through. The, there's a lot that went on, and I'm not necessarily going to dwell on all of it, but let's try to, you know, we got to have some closure here. So sure. as soon as the show opened with Detective Dennis Box, retired detective, listening to other cops talk about ideas for cop shows, and he leaves the bra abruptly and goes and starts looking at more surveillance tape of the night of and looking at things that happened to Andrea Cornish before she ran into Nas. I knew Nas was probably going to get off. Yep. I didn't know how. Yeah. I didn't know why, and I was still nervous. And spoiler alert, if you, I doubt anybody listens to this podcast and goes take by take and frame by frame. So if you've made it this far, my guess is you know how it ends. Nas does not get charged. You know, he's not found guilty of murder. We'll get to that. How, did you, what, what was going through your head when you saw Box freeze frame it on Andrea looking behind her before getting into that cab. Well, I think that, you know, we look at prophecy number one that you and I had sort of uh, predicted was that Box was looking at this and he was, you know, he was pissed at Helen when he first went to her in the stairwell um, and they were going to try to take a plea deal. You'll remember several uh, episodes Cor- back. Correct. So we had, we had talked and I, you know, this turned out to be, you know, Let's give ourselves a little pat on the back here. We pr- we had predicted correctly that Box was going to go back and make you know the last murder he investigated something that either sticks because it's the right thing Correct. or that the, he brings something to light that is going to get the guy off because it's the right thing. And you know, I knew the second that they started showing him reviewing those tapes again, like that's where this is going. He's going to be he's going to be doing the digging. He's going to be bringing stuff to the DA's attention that they hadn't previously known. Correct. And um, I just think it was kind of fun, and it it took them the entire series, at least this whole season, Um, but we started looking at the night through through Andrea's eyes, not through Nas's Mm -hmm. eyes. And it was funny because as soon as we did that, (laughs) a whole lot became clear. A lot more opened up. And it actually makes sense, and we'll get to that, but really I, I think you hit that one well. So we go back to the, we go to the courtroom, Chandra is questioning Trevor um, about, you know, about Dwayne Reed. And then, of course, yep. they get Dwayne Reed. Trevor was just, I mean, he really stole the night in terms of comedy, unintentional comedy in the courtroom. Yeah. Yeah, he was, uh, he was quite the cantankerous witness. And, uh, 
pleading the fifth, saying he wasn't going to worry about pleading the fifth, pleading the fifth again, cussing up a storm. (laughs) Could not have that character on the podcast without a full disclaimer. It is a family podcast. Um, Yeah, and then, you know, I like that Dwayne Reed shows up in an orange jumpsuit as a violent offender. Violent offender. Dwayne Reed is back in jail. So, and again, the timetable obviously is, is truncated here, but in episode six... It ends with Dwayne Reed disappearing from the bodega card game in some basement and John Stone being unharmed. Two episodes later, he's, he's already in jail for an, another crime. One, terrible criminal. Yeah, real bad. Two, excellent shadow of adult play by Chandra in that the dude always used a knife of the person whose home he was breaking into. Yeah. The only and, issue and was... a really he, good job bringing up, what was it, 14 burglary arrests? Correct. Seven of which seven he, of which included assault with knives that he used from the home in which he was an intruder. Correct. The only thing that was you know made it, and I didn't think about this at the time because her job was to make reasonable doubt, and she did. Um, was that nobody really stole anything from Andrea's house that we knew right. of, except for that well, illustrious yeah. hat you were talking about back in the day. But yeah, and as it turns out, nobody stole it. It was there just to. <laughs> Weird background light. True, and by the way, just to give it, just to make sure we give it an homage, those deer antlers were definitely in the courtroom on that evidence table. They gave him one last shot. Um, But yeah, maybe shot right to the bitter end. Oh, right to the bitter end, and and we got to give Brian Burton credit for that one because he saw that one coming. Um, Maybe he knew. I don't know, but uh, I'll see. Okay, so Dwayne Reed definitely has a lot of potential motivation for the crime, and I found it really interesting that Helen wasn't questioning Trevor nor Dwayne. Dwayne, excuse me. But, of course, John Stone, as always, says if she questions them, it makes it look like she cares about them. She, yep. doesn't, she only has Nas on trial. She does not want them to put any doubt in the jury's minds. Smart. Yep. And good yep. to know. I'm like, why isn't she here? I was waiting for her to get caught on one of those things, but clearly I was wrong. Yeah. And really the lesson here is that John Stone, while not necessarily a great public speaker, at least not comfortable with it, uh, yeah. he tends to know how these things work. Yeah, he, he's a good enough attorney to occasionally luck into a, a strong closing argument, but he's clearly undergunned when it comes to going up against the likes of Helen. Yeah, props to Helen for being a formidable, formidable foe. The Undertaker, yeah. uh, his last name is Day. He's on the stand. Interesting that his wife had a restraining order against him. Interesting he had at least one other 911 call from his wife on him. Definitely, again, he, he didn't throw as much shadow Threatened as his wife with a knife. What's that? The the nine one one call was due to a threat with a knife. Correct, correct. So correct. they're doing an excellent job of bringing in, like to your point, uh, re- reasonable doubt that you know. Yes, there were people that saw them that night that have a, a, a history of violence with cutting tools. Correct. So correct. And now this is amazing because the. the, the Huh. We, we learn a lot about the flawed character that is Chandra Kapoor, and we'll get to that. But my notes prior to some things that went down was Chandra's doing a really good job of examining all these witnesses um, and really putting that shadow of a doubt at the forefront. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and it's, <laughs> it, it really goes south from there. Um, oh, boy, does it go south. So then we go back to the gym, and Don is there. And John Stone is, like, waiting outside, and John Stone drags him in an alley, basically tells him, uh, 
the next time I visit you, it won't be me. I'm not strong enough. It'll be more of my buddies. And then he heavy-handedly drops from New Jersey. Yeah. A little from mafia Jersey. homage there, tip of the cap. I like it. Uh, you know that line would have been a little bit funnier if James Gandolfini had lived to play the role, being that he yeah. is also Tony Soprano. It would have been yeah. kind of meta, but it would have been kind of awesome. Um, totally. So maybe a little yeah. homage to Mr. Gandolfini, an unbelievable run as Tony Soprano. Mm. Um, then the next, the next scene, I lo- this show did a pretty good job of comic relief. Ironically, Stone is in front of Don in line of security and uh, gives him the finger haphazardly uh, in the line. Yeah. Good times yep. there. What did you think, I'll let you kind of drive here a little bit, about Don taking the witness stand and, and, and Don's testimony, et cetera? Well, you know, I, it, it's so interesting the way that they sort of set these plot lines up in the show. You see him take the stand and you're just thinking to yourself, okay, here's it. Here it here's, comes. Here's going to be the big reveal. Here's going to be the part where he cracks right. down and they break out something on him. But it seems that it's like just mostly circumstantial. It's like, you know, they they pull out that, that Evelyn will, Evelyn is, you know, um, it, it is Andrea's mother, his ex-wife. Correct. Evelyn's will is still a point of contention. Um, the, the house is worth 10 million bucks. He doesn't live there anymore. He uh, lives in a crummy little place in Queens, a fifth floor walk up, I believe he correct, said. Correct, correct. Um, and that, you know, he's got this, um, that they've been in litigation over her estate for quite a while. And I got to say, though, by the end of his testimony, I'm thinking to myself, hmm, you know, he. He sort of comes off as, you know, sort of the anti-hero type like Nas, where, yeah, he seems like a crummy guy, but yep. maybe not like he killed her. Yeah. I mean, he's, he, he's just kind of, he kind of seems to go up on the stand with that sort of cavalier attitude where he doesn't seem really guarded about anything. Correct. So Correct. He knows that no matter what happens that day, you know, Andrea... One, nothing, nothing, nothing. He did directly got Andrea killed, and yeah, and uh, nothing he does at the courtroom can really put him in jail or take away the money he's not going to inherit because Andrea is dead. Yeah, um, and, and really, man, they, go ahead. Sorry. No, they. I mean, they real. When I say he's an anti-hero and you know just oh, he's a, a real not a very bag, good guy. Man. He's a real horrible guy. When they go in and start talking about how he filed for in surrogate's court for her trust fund two days before her funeral. Correct. So she and died on a Saturday night second, or Friday yeah. night, Saturday morning, whatever. And obviously the surrogate's court's closed on Sunday and at 8 a.m., 8.01 on Monday morning, he's filing and then on Wednesday she's getting buried. Yeah. Um, so that, Real sleazy, yeah, sleazy so it, move. It, it, it actually makes him look kind of guilty. It definitely makes him look like he doesn't give a crap. And it kind of... So here's what I'm thinking. Were you thinking, and I think you brought this up to me, so like I'm, I'm going to give you full credit, especially if you were like, yeah, that was my theory, dude. I, I think you might have said to me offline last week, like maybe Dwayne Reed and like uh, Don are in cahoots. Like maybe Don hired somebody else or somebody hired somebody else to go after Andrea, yeah. you know? And um, that, wasn't, that wasn't the case. At least that doesn't appear to be the case. But I thought yeah. when Don filed in surrogate's court, that looked bad. I also think the fact that Don beat up uh, both of his ex-wives, uh, who are older ladies. Again, not only is he an anti-hero, he's just a, a jerk who didn't murder Andrea. <laughs> you know, yeah. Terrible guy who didn't murder Andrea. Poor choice of words on my part. No, 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 you're fine. You're just, you're just getting warmed up, brother. 
let me let me rephrase it. He seems like a scumbag. He does not seem like he killed the me. guy who killed her. Because cool. you know, you just see, and maybe this is because I've watched too many courtroom dramas. Like when the when when attorneys start questioning someone on the stand and they're bringing up things that are like aha moments. Yep. You know, you see the guy that or the gal who's on the stand starting to squirm a little bit. Right. And I was like, hmm, this guy just seems too much like he's he didn't do it he knows he didn't do it he knows he's a bad guy but but he's not on a trial you can hardly go to jail for for being a bad guy or for filing uh, yeah none of it's none of it's a crime for something that is his legal right to as the sole benefactor of of, of uh, Evelyn's estate so but what it did do once again uh, was just continue to pile on that shadow of a doubt and like this is something that I may or may not go into later I hope I remember to but if I don't get to it, I want to at least say this. I think this show, one of the stars of the show is just the criminal justice system. Yeah. And I think this courtroom piece is a part of it, which is Helen's not questioning any of them because she wants to focus on the one suspect who did it. Chandra and Stone are questioning everybody to put as much shadow of a doubt on, on the fact that only Nas could have possibly done this. And we see some things as it goes, but this this show is, is I don't even want to say it's a referendum on the judge, the justice system, whether it is or it isn't, not for me to say, but it's definitely co-starring the justice system. Yeah, it seems to it seems to hit on a lot of themes that you hear anecdotally about in the criminal justice system. Yeah, yeah, in totally. America that you're just like, hmm. yeah, and it doesn't act. It did an excellent job of putting you. In a position where you're like, wow, I feel really sympathetic for this guy, and then like, uh, now I don't. He's, now I do. He's and then, yeah, up. He's doing it, things it really shows that nobody, like, like in everything in life, like nobody's wearing a completely white hat or a completely black hat. There's a lot of, you know, yeah. There's a lot of bad people out there. There's a lot of good people who do bad or dumb things, and there's a lot of circumstances that make things either legal or illegal, or put you on trial for murder or not. Um, Yep. So, and then, you know, the this, this show starts to turn a lot. I mean, a lot of things happen in this, third, this final act, um, this final eighth episode. So, Box, again, going back through film, he's going further and further back in the night. I mean, like, we've, we've always talked about no wasted movement in this show. Everything's on film. And mm-hmm. he sees Andrea having a fight with somebody at what is either a coffee shop or a restaurant or a bar. And then that person appears to wait and then follow her. And yep. did you think it was who I mean, we'll get into who it was later. Did you think it was who it was or did you have doubts? I didn't know who it was, but I I I had a suspicion that it was who it had turned up to be. Correct. Because when I, I saw the profiling granted it's a you know it's kind of a grainy it's video, black and white almost. But definitely does not seem to have the same complexion of Don. Correct. Seems to have the complexion of a guy that we've already met. Correct. And everybody else that was a plausible person to do it happened to not be a white guy. So, because right. Don's a white guy, this guy's a white guy, everybody else happened to be African American. So, yep. to, to your point, and that guy definitely tried to serve Don up on a platter two episodes ago. So, you yes, know, he most certainly did. That's that too. We'll get to that because um, it's too good. It's too good to happen into. We got to get there. So, yep. uh, and then of course Box is doing what he does best, which is go back through stuff, and Nas is doing what he now does best, which is cutting up lines of cocaine in jail. And freebasing crack cocaine. Freebasing them. Oh, my God. Yeah. Nas, jeez, Louise. Yeah, which, right into the deep end. Right, which actually segues really well into the next piece, which is Chandra and Stone discussing... I mean, first of all, they're killing it. 
Like, they are really building the shadow of a doubt case. And yeah. Chandra and Stone discuss putting Nas in the stand. Stone is very much against it. And this, this is really the beginning of the end for Chandra because she's a combination of way too naive, not, yeah. not being seasoned enough as a prosecutor and or a defense lawyer, or knowing the system, uh, and honestly f- having feelings or something for Nas because she makes a lot of decisions with her heart and not her head, and we'll see yeah. where that leads her. But let's give you a little spoiler. Yeah, not good. It's not great. Hashtag yeah. disbarment. Hashtag not going to work here anymore. You know what I mean? Like, wow. And, and to those in the audience who are um, who who were serial podcast listeners, I'm sure that you know we've got almost as many listeners as serial God. But pretty close. Um, this is <laughs> this is a theme that was kind of central in one of the things that they argued was grounds for, um, I think, inefficient. Uh, or, oh gosh, what do they call it? Ineffective counsel or something was one of the grounds that they argued that he should get another trial. The actual, yeah. the, the, the real life case of, a, of the guy, Adnan Syed, um, was this notion that he never got to speak on his own behalf and had wanted to. Right. This so is the opposite. It, right. And that's what I'm saying is yeah. that that's one of the themes here is like, you know, you have this desire and you have the desire of the guys, the people working for the defense, or at least half of the defense saying, absolutely not, that's a terrible idea, you don't put the guy on trial, because I guess at the end of the day, the only person in the world who knows whether or not someone is truly innocent or guilty is the, the person, person accused. who is accused, yeah. So there are potential you know, landmines that can come up in cross-examination Especially, of said person. Let's talk about the fact that how many times did Nas fail to tell them things about himself? Yeah. Like seven? Like, oh, well, there was that. There was that like, so other my point is, that I put in the hospital. If Stone's only point is Nas can't hurt himself if, actively if he does nothing. Yeah. And, and, and every time... Like, oh, I think it's a good idea. That's what I mean. Like, like he, he has... Repeatedly disclosed or failed to disclose key elements of his character, mm-hmm. which led his lawyers to ask questions they did not know the answers to, thinking they did. Uh, he has repeatedly, I mean, first he started with the sin tattoo, then he started with the bad tattoo, then he started, he, now he's got a crown on his neck, he's got like a panther uh, on his arm, he's got at least four prison oh, tattoos you know about. Well, oh yeah, it's called the wild. It's called the wild. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah Panthers, wolf, whatever. I'm in Carolina, yeah. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The bottom line yeah, is, uh-huh. Chandra, moron, and and you failed to tell Stone something, which we'll get into. <laughs> oh my God! So anyway, yep. Chandra goes to see Nas in jail to discuss it, oh, and man. not only is Nas like sure whatever, but he's like, "Can you help me basically bring drugs into Rikers yeah. Island?" So I lost she, my mule. I need a new one. Yeah. So she basically goes and buys some condoms. She goes and does a drug deal on, on, camera. on camera, which didn't, didn't yet come into play, but it doesn't matter. But, but, and I literally write, what is she doing with like 7,000 question marks? Um, yeah, me too. See it on my notes. Here's my notes. You can yeah, see there's my your notes. notes. See it on my notes on philobusterfreestyle.com in the <laughs> notes section. Like 7,000 question marks. My guess is that, you know, he want, I thought he wanted Adderall first, but no, he definitely wanted some Coke. I wrote... All caps. Well, those are pills that she smuggled in for him. Yeah, you're right. I guess were they was it Adderall maybe? Uh, probably. I don't know. Okay. They well, were, anyway. Were pills of some sort. So now Chandra's doing drug deals for her for her client. She's muling yeah. drugs into the the jail 
uh, I think in parts of her body. Is that a fair statement? I think that's the cleanest way you can say it. She definitely hit uh, some in her shirt, and I, I think the bigger package was not well, hidden in her shirt. Yeah. And that's all yeah, I can say. I, I think same, yeah, probably the same manner in which um, Petey's mother was smuggling the, the, the drugs. Yeah. And so here's the biggest, so anyway, so Chandra's, and mind you, we still haven't had any resolution for her making out with Nas on camera, Mm-mm. you know, the week before, which also a no now. And so now she's on camera yeah. doing two things wrong. One, maybe you can make an argument because you can't tell, but the drug deal she did in the street is on camera if they ever looked. And number two, her making out with Nas definitely is on camera, and we find out more about that later in terms of how it's used. But the bottom yep. line is... If she doesn't put Nas on the stand, she probably still has the job, even though Nas gets acquitted. And she loses her job, as we'll find out, because of basically putting Nas on the stand, because that forces Freddie and Nas and Stone to play the, my lawyer is not a sufficient lawyer because she made out with me during my trial card. Is that what you made of that? So you, you, see, I'm not so, I'm not so clear on that. Are you, well... Here's the thing. You know what? Yeah, I guess I am. Because they show the, the guard showing him the video. You see the cell, but you, you, know, you don't see what he's showing him. Correct. But And then the CD ends up that, a stone. But do you think that Nas had the wherewithal to do that? Do you really think that he's thinking like, oh, wow, she's... Like, if I do this, she'll... They'll declare a mistrial? Well, see, and this is where, you know, instead of maybe narrating the rest of the show, we could probably get into some interesting things if we want to, which is like... Yeah, I think, like, it doesn't even matter if not, like, here's the thing. I'm in jail. I have a, you know, a, a female lawyer who, you know, you know, a lawyer of the opposite gender and, and you know, my age. Um, and here's what I think about Nas. And we go, we said anti-hero like, for several episodes now. I actually think Nas is... Like a little bit of an ice cold G. Like, I don't think he always has it. I don't think it's like Freddy or it's like this dude is like Darth Vader. But I think it's like early, you know, early Star Wars Luke Skywalker where the force is strong in him. Like, I feel like throwing those kids down the stairs, going back to school after suspension, pegging a kid in the face with a Coke can, selling His Adderall. skills may be raw, but they're legit like nonetheless. He, is at that the what end you're of the day, he sees the loophole. And then you think he wouldn't go back and tell Freddie I just made out with my lawyer, who I find very attractive? Yeah. You know what I mean? So I guess my only point is I don't know that they set out to do that, but at the same time, Freddie would not. Here's the only other thing. All the guards work for Freddie. Yeah. So maybe Nas had nothing to do with it, and maybe Freddy, as we find out, to protect his unicorn, Nas, you know, maybe he talks to a guard. The yeah, guard said, Yo, Nas didn't even know yeah, it. Yeah, no, Nas made out with his lawyer. And then Freddy said, Send it to Stone, because he knew Stone would do something with it, because he knows Stone wants to just get the case thrown out. Stone yeah. does not want to win the case, Stone wants to not lose the case, which is all he needs to do, right? So yep. it could have just been Freddy and the guards, you're right. I mean, Nas. But at the end of the day, when Stone and Nas said, talked, I got to protect my unicorn. That's right. And yep. Stone says to Nas, "Don't wake up in thirty years knowing that you could have made the right decision about you saving your life and you didn't." You know. Yeah. So Chandra made a ton of bad decisions. We'll see how that ends up for. Her. I've already spoiled it. Not good. But she muled cocaine into jail for her client. I mean, 
Questionable judgment. Fast track to being disbarred at a minimum. Oh yeah, I mean she could go to jail for this stuff. Yeah, uh, but hey, did you get the did you get the sense that he was like, not only is he doing that because he needs to keep the the drug trade moving in the in prison, but that he needs it to in order to be able to be able to excuse me, enabled to be able to be clear headed enough to testify. Yes, because it seemed like he was fiending on the bus something terrible. Yes, I totally agree. No, I think he's been doing so much crack that he needed to do a pill, probably Adderall, which is a lot of similar, you know, crack obviously hits you totally different than Coke, and Adderall's kind of like a very, very watered-down version of that in some way, shape, or form. Not a pharmacist, just making stuff up, but I kind of have heard some things. My point is, he probably was like, yeah, I, I got to get my mind right, which for him is getting a little messed up. And yeah. I think to your point, he had to calm those heebie-jeebies. I mean, I don't know if you ever saw the movie Flight with Denzel, but John Goodman's character is his drug dealer, and he has to make him like a special cocktail to sober him up for, testif- for testifying. And uh, I think Nas needed that. Um, all right. I also had another theory. Does Nas want to stay in jail? And I guess that we got answered that with no when he decided to set Chandra up. But like, part of me was like, is he doing this to stay in jail? Uh, I, I don't think he did. I, I don't think he wants to stay in jail. Okay. <laughs> I mean. Okay. But, How did you, know, you feel about? Let, let's go back to the table. That hey, it's not that bad in here. Right. Let's go back to let's go back to the courtroom, because the problem is, and it, and Chandra did say this to Nas. I can't really help you once Helen starts cross-examining you, and right. Helen eviscerated him. Yeah, badly. I mean, by the end, she asked him if he did it, and his answer is, "I don't know." Yeah. Like she eviscerated him. Yeah, um, left him in his illin stance. And, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I think he threw... And I, okay, here's what I said. I said he might have thrown his testimony to stay in jail. I agree with you that he didn't. But when Stone tells Chandra you just convicted Nas, I mean, he was pretty much right. Yeah. What did you make of the judge not throwing the case out uh, when, when it came to light that Chandra made out with, with Nas? Well, I... You know, I, I think that he didn't want to have the case. Well, that's the stupidest thing I've ever said on this podcast. Literally, was he didn't want the case to be thrown out. Um, no, I, th- I think that he. Um, I think that he saw it for what it was. I think he saw it as, "Hey, this is a ploy. They they're banking on the fact that if this is declared a mistrial, um, that's that's as good as a win for them." and is going to win for Stone, and that then he gets another trial. He gets to do things all over again. And, you know, he's not going to let that happen. Who is that actor, by the way? I don't know. He's very smarmy. Yeah. And I know uh, that that's probably part of the role. I don't know who it is, though. He he played, uh, like, a psychopath on a show called The Following. I don't know if you watched that at all. It got canceled. I think that was, like, two or three seasons. It was about like a serial killer cult, but he played one of the serial killers. I can see that. Cult. He's got those dead eyes. No, oh, yeah, he does. Sorry, sir, whoever you are, if you listen. And I yeah. hope you listen. And now you probably don't anymore. Anyway, uh, <laughs> let's go back his to... His one download is his last. Right, so let's see. Stone is, is ticked off to the point where he goes back to the pet shelter to see our buddy, Brian, Brian. Burton, one more time, baby. Good yeah, stuff. Baby. Returning the cat. And to our knowledge, that's what happens. That's how the cat's fate ends, and we'll see how that goes. But Brian Burton, swan song, loved it, brother. Good work. Yeah. Um, oh, no, that's not, that's not how the cat's fate ended. No, I know. 
We'll see how it. Oh, ends. okay. Oh, oh, okay. Okay. Sorry. But we yeah. think it does. It's all right. We it's think right. it does. It's all right. But we, we. Well, let's just go there. At some point off screen, Stone goes back and he gets the cat back. Yes, I'm sorry. And the series ends with the cat running. You know, you wonder why his eczema gets so bad, which we'll get to, and it's really because he brought the cat back and he's stressed out. You know. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, it was interesting. Um, Nas gets the neck tattoo. I'm just like he's blowing his freedom, but like Box goes That's back. That's what I just said. Box goes back to work. Like, goes back to work. He uncovers Ray Halley or Hales or that the accountant, Evelyn's accountant. Yep. And then he goes to the golf course and he couldn't look more out of place. And then he appears to go be going to Atlantic City to play slots. Playing the slots. Oh, vey. But what's great is he's actually tailing Ray Halley, who apparently has a one, a little bit of a gambling problem. Number two, apparently beat up a prostitute and got shot by a pimp. And was, yeah. and three, uh, he went on vacation with Andrea and has definitely been sleeping with one of his clients. Yeah. And we learned may or may not be the one who withdrew 300 grand from her account because he had power of attorney. Yep. He just went from giving us Don on a silver platter to giving himself giving away himself. on a silver platter. Yeah. Did you yeah, enjoy he, that um, scene? Yeah, and I was, I, you know, completely flummoxed, and I was like, oh, man, I should have, here I've been looking at deer heads all the time, I should have thought more about this dude, what's he got to win, to, uh, what's he got to gain by killing her, and I'm just, like, yeah, that was, uh, and I was, I was stoked, because I was waiting for, like, one of those big moments in the show where it's like, oh, here's the guy, here's yep. the guy, yep. and this is who it ends up, well, it's good that it's that this guy. This is the guy we start focusing on. It's good that it's that guy in that everybody was like, it's going to be so obvious if it's Don. And, yep. and I didn't think it was going to be I, – I, I didn't think it was going to be Dwayne Reed and I didn't think it was going to be – at least not acting alone. And, that's, and I definitely didn't think it was going to be the limo driver, but I definitely thought they were important to throw, to throw you know, flies in the ointment of the DA's case. But uh-huh. – but it's good that it was Ray Halley. I mean, we, at least it, it, yeah. it appears strongly that it was Ray Halley. So um, Box goes and he breaks it down for Helen. And Helen's like, dude, we're too far into this trial. Like, no, we're going. Like, we're, like, yeah. Well, well, her exact statement was, we've got more on the kid. And, like, pushes his file folder back to him. Which? At which point you can tell he's pissed. Yeah. And, and honestly, I mean, if, you know, obviously if... Uh, I guess basically if, 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 if Nas's mom, sorry for the delay there, walking out of testimony about the crime is really bad for Nas's defense, it's really bad when the lead detective who just retired is in court and during Helly's what is now bogus prosecution of Nas, the guy who last week said, I'll take a mountain of evidence over a confession any day of the week, Gets up and leaves in disgust. And everybody notices. And everybody notices, Mr. Ruddle. Everybody notices. Everybody. He made his statement, and it was incredibly powerful. Um, and, I, and I think what's important there is... I think Helen, and we actually... Let us pat ourselves on the back for this one. After Nas blew the settlement deal in week two or three... And kind of did the whole dog and pony, and then at the very end was like, I'm just, I'm innocent. I didn't do it. Yeah. Helen got blind with revenge as well as trying to put him away. 
try to put him away from murder one, which she was probably never going to get. And I think Box coming to her with a very plausible person, with a very huge shadow of a doubt, and her turning a blind eye, I mean, she got what she had coming, What she needed a dose of sobriety from Box, which is you just can't make crap up. That's the other part of the criminal justice system. Interesting stuff. Speaking of criminals and justice and criminals, uh, the judge basically tells Chandra she's done. Um, how about when Allison Crow comes back and plays all nice with Chandra at her apartment and then says, finish the case and clean out your expletive desk. Woo! Yep. Yeah, that was... You kind of figured that that was coming down from her. Yeah, Allison Crow, not a nice lady. Chandra, again, naive, thinking that Allison Crow wasn't there to fire her. Yeah, thanks for being so nice to me. <laughs> so here's what I think. Oh, what was it? Thanks for not judging me or, or, or lecturing me. And she something. said, I don't have time to judge people or lecture them. Finish yeah. the case and clean out your desk. Yeah. Mic drop. All right, so back to the Helen's like realization that she's got the wrong guy. When she has that knife, the murder, the alleged murder weapon in her hand, and is talking about yeah. the killer. Oh yeah, I took a note of this. Go ahead. What do you got? You forgot it. So what did you? So what did you make of that? Did you? Did you make of that that she was doing that pause for effect? No. Or did you get from it that she was like, "Crap, I, this really might not be." The I think she weapon. realized. Really and here's here's bogus. yeah. I think she realized that she was believing her own hype. You know, she was believing the story she told the medical examiner to tell. Um. But then I think she realized it was impossible. And, he, and I'm going to speculate a little here, but here's what I think was happening in her mind. She is talking about how this knife is not a you know, knife to cut vegetables. This knife is not a paring knife. This knife is not a letter opener. This is a knife that cuts meat and bones and rips through people, just like it did. And I think she was looking at the knife and seeing how good of condition it was in. And that when you rip through bones... And you puncture someone's ribs, and you, like, the knife wouldn't yeah. come out looking it's like... It's not going to come out looking like new. You know, when you play Mumbly Pig and you stab someone in the hand once, okay, the knife has some blood on it. Um, oh, is that what that game was called? Because we couldn't remember. It was Mumbly Pig. Uh, cro- props to, props to okay. uh, staff attorney, from Le- our, our girl from New York, Linda, uh, on that. And okay. uh, Mumbly Pig is the name of that game. But the bottom line is, I think Helen's realizing that not only did she make the medical examiner say that maybe Nas's hand could have slipped once on a knife, stabbing someone viciously 22 times. But I just think she realized that knife had not been through someone's body 22 times. Yeah. Like. Well, whatever it was, she certainly, the pause was awkward. Yeah. My my note on it was Helen WTF with the pause. Are you unsure or are you trying to drive the point home? If you're driving the point home, you're not doing it. No, she's too good at driving the point home with other people for that to have been that. She's not an amateur, to your point. Like, she realized after Box walked out, knowing what she knows, she no longer believes the story because, one, it's fabricated on her end. And two, she's going after Nas because Nas, like, big timed her during what could have been a conviction for a lesser crime. And I think it yeah. all hit her that, that this isn't the knife, man. Yeah, and once again, shining uh, a, a light on an issue in the criminal justice system. Correct, that, which is one of the stars you, of the show. You, get, you start taking it personally. You, yes. You know, if you're the prosecutor and you know someone someone shows you up in court, you she's 
going after them. Well, she was you know, going for blood, and I get it. It's, it's, a, and it's not. Yeah, it's a bloody business, but like, she couldn't sell it because she it just hit it just hit her too hard. That you know yeah. what? There's someone else. So, yep. and by the way, um, that's the judge. Like, if the judge called a retrial with Chandra made out with Nas. Yeah. Helen will get a chance to do another trial, too. And right. what the judge didn't realize was that Box had presented her with information that means she probably should be trying somebody else anyway. And by yeah. making Helen go through with it, even, you know what I mean? Like, it's not the judge's fault, but the judge kind of, like, because he was trying to get this conviction, trying to get this conviction, too, like, and you see it at the end, and we'll get to that. But this judge wanted this trial to end, and he wanted it to end in one way. Yeah. Yep. Just saying. Um, all right, what did you make of Stone's eczema coming back? Did you have any impetus that it was the cat, or do you think he was just freaking out about having to no, do? No, I thought it was completely stress induced. I thought that he was freaking out. You know, as we saw when he goes in, and they and, and Chandra and the judge are watching the tape, kind of at his desk, and Stone and Helen are sitting in the background. Yep. And the judge refuses to declare a mistrial. <laughs> He's like, "Well, uh, like, I'll appeal." He's like, "Go ahead, appeal." Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I thought that that was completely stress-induced. I did not think that had anything to do with cat still being in the, in the apartment. No, me neither. All right. So what did you think? Let's get let's get to what I. Well, I'll tell you what I think about it in a minute. John Stone, the John Stone we met at the beginning, is back. He's wearing white gloves <laughs> to hide his eczema. He's got eczema all over his face, all over his neck. He's got his sandals on, probably. He's got to do the closing statement. My initial take: He's doing a good job. Talks about that rust of judgment. Talks about yep. Nas's right to be presumed innocent. I'm going to let you take it from there. What did you think of the speech? I thought it was awesome. I thought he did a really good job. I thought it was better than what uh, than, than what Helen delivered even before she started to stumble. Correct. Um, I think that he did a really nice job of sort of putting in a light or, or, or bringing to light this issue in the criminal justice system of, okay, this... You, when when a guy walks into a courtroom, there is this assumption of innocence, yep. and th- that's really really tough to do when you put them in Rikers Island in the general population and ask them to survive because then they therefore have to go in and do all of this heinous stuff. You need to live in a world that's not. Yeah, you know, even if it's a front, you know, he shaves his head, he gets neck tats, he gets knuckle tats, he's mewling drugs, he's taking drugs, and you know, I'm not suggesting that that's all an act. Wasn't necessary. That's, yeah, but... But the rest of it kind of you know, is. Well, well, yeah, that's ex- the exact point, is that he's put it into a position where, mm-hmm. okay, he, he doesn't know anybody in there, he's not a career criminal, he's not a guy who has a lot of connections in there, yeah. he's been offered protection by a guy who does have connections in there. Right. Well, you and take the good with the, the cost back. of doing business there is that you get neck tats, you shave your head, you start freebasing cocaine, you start <laughs> muling that cocaine in, and you become an accessory to a brutal throat slashing uh, as revenge for your uh, your, your for Petey getting for Petey uh, for Petey's sort of forced suicide. Yeah. So I think that he did a really really effective job of bringing that point there that you know yeah the prosecution's giving you all this stuff and it's real you know it, it might be easy to believe all that when you look at this kid um, yeah. right now but this is not the state in which he entered this 
Correct. facility. He's been denied bail. He's been in this jail cell for, I mean, that that's one thing that I wish that they had done a little bit more better of a job doing was establishing approximately how much time had passed. Well, I think it's got to be months. It's trial. definitely months because, you know, there was well, some snow. snow the ground there was some snow involved. And yeah. when they when Andrea got picked up by Nas in the first place, I kind of feel like it was at least a fall. Like It was October. It yeah. was October. Right. Okay. So I, I, I got to think, think four or five months at least, which is, which is a long time in Rikers, man. He almost yeah. didn't last the first day. Yeah. Right. So. Yeah. Almost got his face melted off by a you know, prison yeah. acid attack or yeah, whatever exactly. the heck you want to call it. Which that. I mean, if he'd gotten his face burned off, he would have had an unbelievable case against the city of New York. But anyway. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, yeah. here's all I need to say because I think you did a good job at that. And I think it was a great speech. I think that speech is at the very least going to get John Turturro an Emmy nomination, if not an Emmy slash Golden Globe win. That was his Emmy reel right there, baby. Bold prediction. You Burn. heard it here first. Hashtag bold prediction. Hashtag filibuster freestyle. Mm-hmm. All right. So the jury cannot get to a verdict on day one of deliberation. Everybody's got to go home. Yep. Nas has to go back to Rikers. Stone goes back to the pharmacy to get eczema medicine. Chandra goes back to Packard at desk. Uh, Stone goes back to eczema anonymous. Nas goes back to cutting up coke. It's just very much, you know, Freddie. But Freddie does. This all gives us a chance for Freddie to have one last great moment, which is giving Nas the I care about you speech, telling him that he smells like innocence and everybody else has that stink on them of guilt, calls Nas the real deal, calls Nas a unicorn. Yep. And he said, how am I not... What did he say? He said, am I going to protect my unicorn? No, no, I think you had it right. I said, how am I not going to protect my unicorn? That's right. And it just kind of gives us a nice closure with Freddy. Just to hurry up on the Freddy piece... He gives Nas that call of the wild book, and obviously he won't say goodbye to Nas. He's in the he's in the gym boxing, but that's kind of how it needs to go, you know. But taking it out, I mean. But here's the thing, and this is why the criminal justice system and really just life in general is so interesting. Is that like our last thought of Freddie is what a good guy. He ended week seven making a toothbrush, razor, knife slash open Jimmy's (laughs) neck. Yeah. Turn it on a dime, Freddie. Turn it on a dime. Yeah. (laughs) Man, Range of emotions big gray area, big gray friends. area in the night of. Oh, my um, goodness. All right, so we're getting close to the end here. Um, jury comes back. They have a verdict. Nope, they're deadlocked at 6-6. Deadlocked. And the judge just kept being like, go back and talk about it. Go back and talk about it. No, no, no. Like, the judge did not want a mistrial. Like, he needed a hole yeah. in his head. He needed a mistrial. Or none judgment. Yeah. And, and props to that jury foreman to being, to, you know... It, in so many words, telling that judge to kick rocks and say, no, <laughs> yeah. we are, we have discussed this. Our minds are made up. Right, 6-6. Six, six. The yeses, the yeses are, have their minds made up, the noes have their minds made up, and you are not getting a verdict out Right, of and P.S., all they needed was 11-1, to 1, and Nas gets off, and it was 6-6. Six, six. It's a blowout. Yep. It's a blowout. Yeah. Yeah, oh, totally. You know, deadlock, 50-50 jury, it's a blowout for the defense. Blowout. Yep. So anyway... But because it's a kind of a hung jury, judge dismisses the jury, asks Helen if he wants a retrial, and this gives Helen a chance to save some face. Yeah. And I did like, I love the look of those three characters on the defense team and Nas looking over at her with wide eyes being like, are we doing this again? Yeah. Do you really feel better? You know, do you really feel better about this next? And um, good news is... She decides not to prosecute. Now I think it's because My Box gave her. Declined. 
Box gave uh, her a uh, a pretty good reason to not retry Nas. Um, we'll get into yeah. that. Chandra leaves. That's the last we see of Chandra. She just leaves. Yep. What do you make of that? Anything you want to say to Chandra? Well, anything I want to say to her? Or I don't know about, about Chandra. I don't know. What do you about, want? No, I mean, she was. her role was fantastic. I thought that she did an excellent job playing it. I mean, I'm, I'm talking about Amara Khan in the role as Chandra. Amara Khan, a good friend. Yeah, she really, um, you know, I think it's emotional for her because on the outside, she's not going to, well, presumably she's not going to pursue a, uh, she's not going to pursue a relationship with this guy. Um, she knows that her career at best is in flux and at worst will be, will might be over with her being disbarred. Yep. So it's a very emotional time for her. She's got a lot riding on what happened. And all of a sudden it comes to this crescendo hung jury trials over Helen says, and I quote, my office declines to prosecute further, and in one fell swoop, that's the end of uh, Chandra's involvement on the case and the end of her legal career tenure with her, yeah, potentially the end of her legal career, and definitely the end of her career with the law firm that, with whom she was working. So yeah. it's, uh, it kind of seemed fitting and was a nice understated way of that character exiting the, sh- the series. Correct. That's nice. Well said. Okay, let's go to our friend's Detective Dennis Box in his NYU campus police jacket and yeah. Helen having drinks with Box, sucking down her e-cig and um, saying she wants to go after Ray Halley. Yep. Did yeah. you at that point have a little tickle or twinkle, excuse me, in your eye that maybe we're going to get another shot at this show? Or no, not yet. Um, I guess there was still time to maybe I, go after him, right? Yeah, I, I was. St- I was waiting until the very, very end. When I, when I saw Stone walk out of his apartment, that's when I knew that the, the series was over because I didn't watch the counter. I wasn't like watching it to be like, okay, there's 15 minutes correct, left. Oh, correct, there's five correct, minutes correct, left. I was correct. just like, I'd been watching it and I was really into it, but I was taking notes and everything. Yeah. So at that point, I was still of the impression like, oh, okay, well, they can still go after him in this episode. Who knows? I mean, there might yeah, be right, right. They, they might show. go three hours, right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, but I was excited and I was like, yeah, here we go. I, th- I think that our prediction was true. We got these two characters we that are in the criminal justice system that are going to really try to do what's right in this case and, and find the guy who actually did this. Correct. And you know what else is that if, and I was saying this to somebody, uh, it might've been Brian Burton actually, and it might've even been offline, but like, you know, depending on how they end this series, like Helen has to come to work next Monday, you know, and box or Chandra, you know, she got disgraced, so she can't, but like there are definitely characters in the show. Like you're not going to reboot the entire cast, but you can reboot people like Law and Order goes and solves a new case every week. You know, like, you know, yeah. I'm not saying Helen's going to be the star of the next season, but I'm saying Helen and Box could, in theory, go after Ray Halley for four episodes of a season two, and then something else could happen. You know what I mean? Um, that's plausible. Um, all right, yeah. so we learn kind of in the outro piece here, Nas's family home, surprise, surprise, is from up for sale. Uh, family dinner's a tad awkward. More gratuitous... Uh swastikas yeah swastikas and anti-semitic which by the way it's I mean I guess swastikas are offensive to everybody besides neo-nazis but like 
Nas is Muslim, and I didn't realize that swastikas really were a way to like target hate towards. I, I'm completely ignorance here. I'm not trying to make a statement. I just no. I I, I, I think I thought the same. To exactly your point, gratuitous use of swastikas. Um, you know, tough talk with his mom because Nas is like, you walked out during that testimony. You didn't believe me. That wasn't good. Yeah. Um, Nas goes and has a talk. He he goes out, but he meets with Stone. Um, his boy Amir shows up to like buy something. The whole the whole deli is giving Nas a bad look, and Nas is. Oh. Do you think Nas kills Amir? <laughs> if we do season two, or if we don't do season yeah. two, I think that they definitely have some man business to handle. That yeah, I don't know if Amir's going to make it. I don't know if he's going to make it. Um, yeah. I don't know if Nas can do it, but I think he knows a guy named Freddie who can hook him up. That's all I'm saying there. Oh, I think at this point Nas could definitely hold his own in a fight. With oh, him. I think he can beat Amir to smithereens. I just think people will know about it. He doesn't want to go back to jail. Oh, 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 I see what you're saying. Yeah. He might get it taken care of by with some of Stone's friends from New Jersey, if you will. Um, yes. All right. So anyway, Stone is back on the friends Stone is back on the, the subway. Uh, chopsticks in hand, sandals on, grossing people out. Uh, he's right yep. back where he started again. This is very like end of the wire. Like the city keeps moving. New. St- Actually, the one thing I I almost forgot to say. Stone said to Nas because everybody's looking at Nas in his neighborhood, and he's like, you know what? Live your life. F everybody. Tomorrow yep. tomorrow night there's going to be another kid in jail for something he did or didn't do. The next day there is. Everybody in the criminal justice has already forgotten about you. Like in a good way. Yep. Like it's over. It's a process. Yeah. It's it's a machine. That's it. Great great line. Very well, telling. Well, the criminal justice system might forget about him, but it doesn't seem like the folks at Jackson Heights are going to Well, he's going to have to move. That's the bottom line there. Um, yeah, well, their house is for sale. So. Yeah, exactly. Right. Now, unsurprisingly, Nas buying drugs in the street. Uh, Nas goes back to the scene. He goes back to the beach in the Hudson River under this George Washington and Bridge. And flashbacks. Dude, I'm telling you, until I realized this episode was over... There was, like, I, I was psyched that they keyed in on Ray, but I was waiting. And, and for him to remember? Saw the, the, for him to remember, oh. I did it. S-H-I double hockey sticks. <laughs> I agree. I they definitely made it, they definitely made it plausible that that was going to happen. So, yeah. he remembers Andrea. It's nice to see Andrea smile one last time. I, I don't know yeah. the actress's name. I apologize to her, but great job by her She's in the first 15 minutes of the show. And, you know. Away. Uh, Stone is home, gets a call from some more precinct dwellers. Uh, he's watching the ASPCA commercial with the Sally Struthers like voice track or like oh, Lisa Milano, yeah. and I'm like, Sarah oh my god, like laying it on oh, thick. But then of course, <laughs> Stone goes back out, and Andrea's cat walks by, and it's like, all right, yep. got the cat back from Brian Burton. That's cool. And then the ending really is Ray Halley's walking somewhere under the L, you know, under the subway, and. Uh, Box is waiting for him in a car. Box gets out to follow him, and that's the—I mean—cliffhanger ending. In terms of, we think we know who Andrea's well, killer think, is, and we think we know what Nas's future is, which could be bad. But um, pretty interesting way to end the series. Is that how it ended? Or did it end when the cat walked in front of the screen? Because I could have sworn. Uh, it might have been the. All right, you might have that. You cat. might have that right. But but the bottom line is, the last thing we see Stone do is leave his place to go back to the precinct, and the cat's there. And the last thing we see Box do is get out of the cop, just get out of the the cop car to go off to Ray Howley. Yeah. So yeah. we think we know that Ray killed Andrea. We don't know for sure. And I guess, you know, we've got a couple minutes left here or less to keep it under an hour. Um, one, do you, do you, are you satisfied with that Ray did it and can you move on? And two, would you rather see a second, a second season to get it wrapped up in a bow? I would like to 
see two more episodes. I wish that they had made eight episodes and they really brought some kind of closure. Even if it ended with like them arresting Ray. Yeah. And you know, I, but then again, that's kind of formulaic and is kind of what you expect from. Correct. This was more uh, from crime drama, right. so maybe this is a very you know sort of an artistically done thing. Maybe that's the way that they wanted it to end, and you know leave it to interpretation. Right? Maybe like they we, did it intentionally to leave it open ended to, to have that option for a second season. Which was actually a pretty smart move by Steve Zalian, if it's what he did. But either way, I'm satisfied with it. I'm imminently more satisfied than I was with season two of True Detective. Um, oh, yeah. I would watch this show again, and I would not need it to be the same cast. I. Would have to be a different cast. Thought it was a good job. Um, yeah. So unless you get anything else, man, thank you for being our our co-pilot on this journey of the night of Taxi Cab Fiasco. Hey, it's been awesome. Filibuster freestyle. Now you're a grizzled freestyle Space veteran. Time high five. High five, my man. High five. <laughs> so listen, we'll have you back during football season for sure. We definitely need to pick a new show for the fall or winter. Um, and frankly, you get into Walking Dead, dude. I might have to. Maybe I will, and we'll get caught up. But um. Or you can get into Narcos. Either way. All right, brother. I'm going to hit the outro. Stick around for a minute. Filibusterfreestyle.com. Check us out. HBO The Night Of. Taxi Cab Fiasco. Dan Rattles, the co-host. I'm your boy, Gavin Viano. Find me on Twitter, at Gavin Viano. Cue the outro. It's been real, folks. My favorite was when you started actually talking over the thing and saying what I say at the end, Dan, like two weeks ago. That's when you know you've been on the show eight weeks in a row. By the way, we like to dance on the video ad version. We got to get it on YouTube. Take it easy, everybody. Have a good summer.